Welcome to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I am your confidence connoisseur here to help you end body shame, find freedom from the shoulds, and learn to love being you inside and out. Join me as we discuss how to break diet dependence, demystify current health and wellness trends, and help you find the confidence to feel empowered in your life. With that, let's go to the show. Welcome everybody to episode number two of the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. I am so excited that you are here and tonight's topic is going to be a doozy, if I do say so myself. We're going to be talking about food rolls. Food rolls are just like roles that we have in relationships. And these different roles can take the power away from you and make you feel like you are unable to make beneficial choices that bring lasting change into your life. Food has four main roles in our life. It's social, emotional, fuel, and nourishment. Each role is a power play where you can either come out on top feeling empowered and confident or be defeated and feel guilty and powerless. So let's just dive right into this and take a look at the four roles that food plays in a little bit more detail. So the first one that we mentioned was social. It's amazing how being with other people when we eat impacts our choices, especially when it comes to holidays, special occasions, and celebrations. Or if you have a job in an environment where food is brought in frequently, like if you work in a hospital or an office, school, all of those places. So many of my clients and members in my community struggle to make choices about food in social situations due to peer pressure or feeling like they have to eat something or they'll make someone feel bad. Have you ever had that where you've gone over to somebody's house and you just you just struggle with, you know, feeling like, oh, I really shouldn't eat this or, you know, I really don't want to eat that, but you don't want to offend your host. This is a struggle for me. I eat very differently than my family does. So when I go to family functions, it used to be really awkward because I wouldn't eat dessert. And, you know, there's just a lot of, I don't do dairy. There's just foods that I just choose not to eat because they don't work for my body. And for a long time, it took a while to kind of get into that mode of this is okay. And it's okay for me to not eat things, even if it means that somebody made them for me. Do you know what I mean? So this is a really tricky one for sure. And it's easy to see how this role of food, the the social role can really take over. So peer pressure is one part of it. Making someone feel bad is another part of it. Another side is FOMO. (laughs) That's right, the fear of missing out. It's the holidays, you say. And it's so-and-so's birthday. There's cake. 
<laughs> if you listen to Jim Gaffigan, the comedian at all, he does a great sketch about cake in the break room. I highly recommend you look at the YouTube. It's hilarious. But it's the fear of being left out of the party if you choose not to partake, right? It's that fear of like we're going to be missing out on something if we don't eat in a social situation. So it's easy to see how your power to make choices that make you feel good about your body and where you want to go goes out the window in social situations. But the good news is you can take that power back. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's look at the other three roles. So the second one is emotional. And this one is probably the most powerful of the three roles and the one that takes control most quickly. Emotional eating can include snacking out of boredom. I do this one, and I try to catch myself as often as I can. Uh, chowing down to hide uncomfortable emotions. Uh, this is a big one, but the problem with this one is that you may not be aware that you're doing this unless you have been practicing awareness of your emotional state. And we'll, we'll talk about that later. You can also be rewarding yourself for a job well done. I mean, how many of us as kids were rewarded with sweets and rewarded with Happy Meals and with sodas and pizzas? I mean, food can be very celebratory, which we'll also talk about, but it's also a way of emotionally eating because we're using food as a reward. So... That's a really, goodness, that's a tough one. We could spend a whole podcast talking on that one aspect of this. But this is the role of food that we try to control, but we feel like we're failing at. Emotional eating can be defined by eating when you're more head hungry rather than stomach hungry. And head hungry, it's going to look like eating when you're bored, out of habit, craving something, or eating when you're distracted. You're not focused on your food. You're just kind of mindlessly munching. Tonight, for me, I was watching Word Party with my kiddo and eating almond flour crackers like they were going out of style. I wasn't even paying attention because I was so distracted, and now my stomach is a hot mess for it. So <laughs> that helps me, though, to realize, okay, I was doing distracted eating. Now I know and next time, I can make a different choice if I want to. So some of these emotional eating habits are more habitual than others, which can compound the struggle to overcome it, especially if you were told as a kid that you needed to clean your plate or you were rewarded with food or food was made to, made to make you feel better. Um, that can really be a challenge when you're overcoming some of these uh, emotional roadblocks, but we'll talk about how to overcome those in a few minutes. So the third one is food as fuel. Uh, food is as fuel is the role that gets confused and convoluted because there's so many options for fuel and each body is fueled by different types of food. So some people thrive on carbohydrates and some people on fat. It's just the way that they are metabolically built. My sister can eat 
all the carbohydrates and she will not gain a pound. I look at carbs and I blow up like a balloon, but I can out eat her in fat any day. And I know that about my body. And so knowing that helps me to make choices that move me where I want to be rather than trying to fight my biology and try to eat like somebody else. And women, this is especially true with your partners, your brothers, your husbands, your nephews. The men in your life are hardwired to be lean. All they need to do to lose weight is to think about it right? They'll be like, hmm, I should probably lose some weight. Whoop, there it goes. <laughs> and you're sitting over here going, are you kidding me? So let's go ahead and just remove men from this equation and we'll focus on our female uh, bent toward storing body fat and needing different fuel than the men. So you can start to feel really powerless when you try to eat according to a diet or maybe an article that you saw that says when and where and what and how you should eat and it doesn't produce the promised results. Food is used as fuel when eating after noticing that tummy hungry feeling or getting that rush of ghrelin which is that like growling sensation in your tummy, that's a hunger hormone. Those are good things, but that's when we put fuel into our bodies is when we have that urge to eat that doesn't come from an emotional place, it comes from an actually physically hungry place. But we often make unwise choices in deciding what type of fuel we put into our bodies. And that can cause a feeling of powerlessness to control the hunger and that hunger just keeps coming back and that can be really frustrating because you're like I just ate two hours ago and I'm hungry already and I think a big part of that is not understanding macronutrients and macronutrients are your proteins carbs and fats and understanding how those impact your body depending on what body type you have your hormone levels, your stress levels. I mean, there's so many factors that go into understanding what kind of fuel your body needs. And furthermore, <laughs> your body's needs change every day. There is no like a set number of calories or grams of carbs or grams of protein that you need every single day. That's going to vary and depend so much on how much sleep you get, on what kind of stress you're under. You know, there's so many factors that, that really go into that. So we'll have to come back to that. But I really want to get to number four because I feel like this is a really big one that doesn't get talked about as often as the other three. And that's food's role as nourishment. I mean, what do you even think of when you hear the word nourishing? Nourishing foods are definitely different than comfort foods. So separate those two for our purposes here. Comfort foods fall more under emotional eating, whereas the role of food as nourishment comes from a place where we eat clean or healthy, I'm using air quotes here, <laughs> or whatever you determine that to be, right? We all say like, oh, I know I need to eat clean, but what on earth is that? Well, 
unprocessed foods. Well, technically, unless you're pulling food out of your garden in the backyard, it's all processed to some degree. So, but that's a fight for another day. So for example, you know what foods you quote should be eating that are healthy and nourishing, but are those the foods that you crave? Not very often. How often do you sit there and you're like, mmm, I want some broccoli. That sounds really good to me right now. No, everybody's like, I want some ice cream. I need some chips. And those are called hyper palatable foods. And hyper palatable foods like almond flour crackers, <laughs> note to self, are definitely more of those foods that are not nourishing to our bodies and they're not nourishing to our souls either because they continue that desire for food. And we'll talk about kind of balancing that craving and hunger level in just a few minutes. So part of the powerlessness that comes here is not is from not knowing what foods nourish your body and which ones don't. Like for example, just because broccoli is deemed healthy, that doesn't mean it's healthy for everybody. Some people get really gassy and bloated when they eat cruciferous veggies like broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, etc. So understanding what foods make you feel energized, pain-free, and happy is part of the process of taking your power back from food. Now, I do want to add that there is a fifth role of food that plays a part here, and that is the role of enjoyment. There will be times where you eat food simply because it's pleasurable and it's enjoyable. I normally put this under emotional eating, but I wanted to point out that just because something is yummy does not mean it needs to be controlling or take power away from you. This is also a whole other topic surrounding awareness and intuitive eating, and we're going to get into that in some of the next episodes. So let's get down to it. How do you take the power away from these food roles and wield it to make empowering choices for yourself? Well, I think first, you have to be aware of what role food is taking in any given moment. Is it celebratory? Boredom? Stress? What emotions and thoughts are you having around your food? In my Captivatingly Confident small group, we really dive deep into understanding how to identify these thoughts and emotions and use them to better understand food roles so that you can break diet dependence, you can understand what your body needs and how to fuel it and nourish it at the same time. So once you're aware of what role food is taking, you can decide if you're truly hungry, like tummy hungry, remember that that ghrelin, that grumbly feeling, or if you're just eating from one of the roles that food plays. If you're truly hungry, then you can decide what food would satisfy the hunger and balance your heck. And that's H-E-C. Heck is your hunger, energy, and cravings. This is a concept that I borrowed from Metabolic Effect. I love them. I found them in 2009 and I love a lot of their concepts. And this is one of the concepts that they came up with. And essentially it says that you can choose foods that fulfill your hunger 
And spoiler alert, carbs by themselves will not satiate or satisfy your hunger for more than a few minutes because carbs are so rapidly digested by the body. You've got to put some protein or fat with those carbs. Side note. Okay, <laughs> you want to aim for foods that give you energy, not take energy away from your body. You should not need a nap after you eat. If you're finding that you feel tired and sluggish after a meal, there's a chance that your macronutrients are off or you're eating foods that your body's working super hard to digest and they may not be the right foods for you. So that's the E is the energy portion of that. And H was the hunger. And then that leads us to C. This is the one that's a big one. Foods that you want to eat help reduce your cravings. Not eliminate completely, but reduce your cravings. We talked a few minutes ago about hyper palatable foods, processed foods that are designed to be super, super yummy, like chips or fries or ice cream, candy, fast food. These generally increase your cravings for them, especially if you are like me and you do the sweet and salty roller coaster where it's like, I had a sweet, now I need a salty, now I need a sweet, now I need a salty, back and forth, and that was kind of squishy, now I need a crunchy. You know, we these hyperpalatable foods just trigger that response in our brain. And especially if it's like fast food, fast food is literally engineered to make you want more, to make you salivate when you're driving down the road and you see the golden arches, right? It's like that triggered response inside of you. And that's what hyperpalatable foods do. Foods that really reduce cravings are going to be foods that work with your body rather than against it. So we're looking at foods that have good amount of protein, good amount of fat, and carbs that, again, work with your body, not against it. So understanding how your food choices impact your heck takes uh, some awareness and practice, but the more you do it in the beginning, the less conscious of it you will be in the long run. Sorry, I just realized that I had my baby monitor on. Sorry. Okay. Balancing it in the long run. So identifying food roles, right? Social, emotional, fuel, and nourishment when you are eating is one of the main keys to unlocking health, weight loss, and having a body and life that you cherish. This is a hard one, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. This is a tough one. This takes a lot of practice and a lot of patience and grace with yourself as you try to raise your level of awareness. So what I've done is I have created a free guide to help you get started on this process. It's called Beyond Balanced, an introductory guide to being captivatingly confident. So if you head over to my website, captivatinglyconfident.com, you're going to see a little banner on the bottom of the site that says, get my free guide. And you want to click on that because it's going to give you an email that has this guide in it. It's a three-part guide that looks at nutrition, movement, and self-care. And it has three really basic steps to get you started on raising that level of awareness of your needs, of yourself, and to get you feeling more confident because it's the little steps that you 
do that add up to big changes in the long run. The smaller steps may seem almost trivial, but honestly, those smaller steps are going to be way more sustainable than trying to do a huge overhaul, like just changing your whole lifestyle all at once. Small steps equals sustainable. So make sure you head over to the website, you grab that guide, and then head over to the Captivatingly Confident Facebook group. KimLudeman.com will get you there. And join the conversation. We would love to hear your thoughts on it, uh, challenges that you're coming up against, successes that you're having. We want to hear all of it. I know I sure do. And I just cannot wait to see what you think of it. So thank you so much for joining me tonight. I am so excited to be with you on this journey, and I'll see you next time.